KBOO, Portland, Oregon, bridging the gap between prisons, prisoners, and the community. This is Mumia Abu-Jamal. Listen to Black Book Talk at KBOO-FM every first Thursday from 11.30 till noon. Co-hosts O.B. Hill, Patricia Welch, and Emma Jackson Ford discuss African-American authors and books. That's Black Book Talk every first Thursday from 11.30 till noon on KBOO-FM. Your investment in community radio can go on with a planned gift to KBU. Consider adding KBU to your will or add KBU as a beneficiary to your insurance and bank accounts. You can change your mind anytime if your circumstances change. But recognizing KBU along with your family and friends in your legacy giving is a powerful commitment to media justice. Let us know if you add KBU to your plans. We'd like to thank you for your considerate future gift. Contact us at 503 503- Two three one eight zero three two, or email development at kbu.fm to notify us of your plans. This is Cesar Chavez. You're listening to KBOO, listener-sponsored radio. Hello. Welcome to the Coalition Black Trade Union segment of Labor Radio, celebrated here on KBOO 90.7 FM, highlighting the works of the working class, by the working class, and for the working class where the heart of the community comes alive seven days a week. My name is Tina Turner-Morfitt. I am the current president of the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists and the vice president of the Oregon ASPME Retiree Chapter. I am a retired public employee after working 38 years for the Department of Corrections. My union representation was through Oregon ASPME. Hi, I'm Dr. Audrey Terrell. I am retired from the UAW out of Detroit, the international staff, and I'm also the vice president of the Oregon Coalition of Black Trade Union, and I'm also president and CEO of the Dr. Audrey Terrell Institute. Hello, listeners. This is Deborah Hall, and I'm the current secretary treasurer of the Oregon Coalition of Black Trade Unions. I'm also a retired member of the Portland Community College Classified Union, Local 3922, and currently I'm serving in Vancouver, Washington on the Civil Service Commission Board. Welcome to the show. Tonight, we're pleased to invite back to our show Brother Jaime Rodriguez, the chairperson of the Standing Rules Committee for the Democratic Party of Oregon. Hey, Brother Rodriguez, this is Deborah Hall. Welcome back to our Labor Radio Show. So why don't you um, tell our listeners a little bit about the general structure of the Democratic Party of Oregon? How about if we start there? All right. That sounds like a good place to start. Uh, first of all, Jaime Rodriguez, uh, thank you guys for inviting me to your show here. Again, Jaime Rodriguez, a uh, member of the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists, also a former member of the Portland Community College's Faculty Federation for 22 years as an employee of Portland Community College and former four-year president of the uh, AFT Oregon um, State Federation teachers. 
The Democratic Party of Oregon promotes the election of Democratic candidates at every level across the state of Oregon. With technical and volunteer support, they provide opportunities for all Oregon Democrats to fully participate in our local political process. Uh, the DPO uh, supports local county parties to make sure that every community can work to get Democratic candidates elected. Uh, they stand for believing that rights and responsibilities go hand in hand. It's up to all of us to work for a present and future society that treats every individual with dignity, respect, and provides for the health and education of future generations. Nice, nice. And so I'm understanding too that there are five standing um, committee uh, or committee chairpersons within the DPO, and you're the chair of the um, rules committee. What Correct. are the other? What are the other four committees, Brother Rodriguez? Five standing committees, which can be found in Article um, 14 of the uh, DPO's uh, governing bylaws uh, constitution. Uh, they are the um, the rules which I share, credentials, the platform convention rules the budget, and the local events. Uh, they all operate with um, elected delegates from each congressional district. So there are six in Oregon, and each get three three representatives plus two alternates for a total of five. Um, also, any state committee member within those uh, within that um, congressional district can also attend a, a standing committee uh, meeting. Okay, okay. And so is what is the general structure of the committees? Is there like a, a common structure? Do they also have officers and things within them? And um, how do they work? Yes, they all operate in the same structure. They are, are, are elected um, by the, um, the central, the DPO central committees, committees who meet four times a year to fill vacancies that they, they occur. The meetings happen. I don't know how the other meetings go, but go about. Some of them meet monthly, others quarterly, and I'm sure that even within a big event that we just had the um, the Oregon Summit, the event committee was probably meeting pretty regularly up to that point. We had a platform convention in August, so again, those type of events probably need to meet more more regularly as they lead up to the event weekend. For our rules, we try to meet three times prior to every quarterly meeting, so in, in essence, almost monthly and then sometimes even three times a month we meet to make sure that we um, we're ready to guide and, and propose a recommendation of our rules to the DPO Central Committee. Okay, okay. And so also in your role as the chairperson of the Rules Committee for the DPO, what are your major functions? Ah, that's a, there's okay. three, primary, three primary duties for the rules. Uh, we review the bylaws regularly and recommend re amendments. We propose the rules and procedures for state conventions. Those rules and procedures are to be approved by the delegates of those conventions. And finally, we review the bylaws and prospective special group of caucuses to ensure those bylaws meet the goals and the bylaws of the DPO. The committees, they may recommend approval of the caucuses to the state central committee we currently have 17 special conferences. Okay. And so how long have you been in this role? I was appointed in June, this past June. You're and new. First, okay. Yeah, very new. Um, and our first meeting was in, in July. We actually met three times in July because 
there was an August uh, quarterly meeting, and we had to propose and recommend some um, some rule changes to the CDC. The the specific role of the rules is to have conversations, uh, improve any language, and then recommend any rules change to the quarterly um, state committee meetings, where they will, will make a final approval of how the rules change affect. Okay, and then la lastly for me, what are some of the goals you want to focus on in this position? Uh, first of all, I want to make sure that every voice is heard. Uh, I think the DPO does a great job in making sure that all voices from all backgrounds, rural, urban, and city, um, are have a voice, making sure also that communities that make up the space state of Oregon, uh, whether you're, you're black, Latino, from the LGV Press Committee, Native American, Regardless of where you come from, uh, you have a voice within the DPO and to a better, uh, also, the Standing Rules Committee, too. That's why we have a large one. We have a total of 20. All of them are fairly, it's a diverse group. I don't, I haven't really got into the other uh, Standing Committees, but at least for the Rules Committee, we have a very diverse group of about 20 people. All right. Thank you, Brother Rodriguez. Thanks again. Yeah. Hey, Brother Jaime. <laughs> this <Hello>. is Tina. <laughs> so Oregon's population has grown over the last 10 years, resulting in a gain of a sixth congressional district. What work has the DPO done to adjust to this growth? Well, we um, expanded um, each, each standing room committee um, by three uh, because, of, because of that. Uh, so they went from 15 to 18. Uh, if we get another one, we'll go from 18 to 21. But it expanded overall, the, the as the population grows, we've got to even make sure that we ensure voices voices are being heard. One of the, just recently, we just proposed two rule changes to be discussed and hopefully approved uh, at the November um, quarterly state, state central committee meeting. Modernization of language, uh, this, this cleans up are simple and allow us to use new technology and resources to complete our business and remote participation. This package of rules and bylaws changes address a long goal of our party to provide a way for members to participate in our state central committee meetings remotely and to formulate our remote meetings procedures that we use during COVID. During COVID, there are some temporary rules uh, to adjust for health purposes, safety purposes, but we've also have bought into the advanced technology that the COVID has allowed us to take advantage of, to engage more members, but to ensure that it's codified in our rules that no matter where you're at, if you cannot make uh, in person a quarterly meeting a state meeting overall for all general members. We can at least zoom you in remotely uh, via the internet and have you participate fully with your voice. As you know, Oregon as a state, as much as its people are diverse, the geographic landscape of Oregon is also diverse. Uh, we have the Cascades who run right through the middle of the state. And to get to one side, to the other side, can be difficult, especially during 
the inclement weathers of December, January, and February. But that should not have um, that should not disqualify you from attending and having your verse or heard at a state uh, quarterly meeting. You mentioned the uh, geographical challenges that we have when it comes to uh, doing statewide stuff, um, especially trying to motivate people. A concern that I have is in regards to get out the vote events and campaigns in rural Oregon. How, how did you guys, or have you addressed that issue just yet? It is being discussed now. I mean, one of the things that we're trying to do is, is make sure that especially with the redistricting that happened here in, um, in 2020 and the CD6, the CD5, the CD4, a lot of that compromises rural, rural Oregon. We do have a rural caucus uh, who, are, who is formulating a plan. Obviously, a very popular, very popular method of ours is the Neighborhood Leaders um, Program, which breaks it down by precinct. Mm -hmm. an assigned person leader who only whose only job is to ensure that their particular precinct is knocked on and voters are educated on the candidates and they will go from there mm -hmm. but to do that it takes an army of volunteers it takes uh, a good amount of people volunteers to get that job done and I do believe that the DPO overall is continuing in its effort to ensure that every voice matters Mm -hmm. and then every voter gets educated uh, in, in the candidates and the issues at the, at the time as they prepare to vote on the upcoming election, whether that's the general election or the, or the, or the, the primary in May. Okay. Well, since you noticed, uh, mentioned the general election, you know it's fast approaching. What is the, what is the deadline for voter registration? We have quite a challenge here coming up uh, because also – we have um, ranked choice voting, which I don't know a whole lot about and how it's going to work out, but that is something that we need to um, adjust for this election cycle. So somebody who's going to be up for um, the the main primary needs to um, file by March 12th is the deadline. Okay, you know? thank you. Yeah. Um it's my understanding with every election, there's a potential to set off a domino effect as legislative candidates shift from one office while vying for another. In your view, what will be the hotbed offices that the candidates will vie for? Well, I'm gonna ask you to repeat that question one more time. Sure. It's my understanding that with every election, there's a potential for setting off a domino effect. Yes. Because legislative candidates sometimes shift from one office to vie for another. So in your view, um, what do you think the hotbed offices for candidates will be in the, with the Democratic Party of Oregon? Well, there's um, retirements, those those um, elected officials who, who do not seek to um, not seek a second, third, fourth, or fifth term, uh, those who retire, who retire. So there is shifting. There's a lot of shift that will go from somebody who's been a house rep who wants to climb up and go to a, uh, a Senate uh, district uh, opening that happens. There's also those that um, are currently um, 
sitting senators who maybe want to go into a, uh, a statewide office. Those are things that are going to happen, and they're happening now. Uh, as we see a few uh, openings, uh, we have a, a Secretary of State opening, uh, mm -hmm. Attorney General, and Treasurer. Okay. Uh, those are three state offices that are going to be some maneuvering from um, possible Senate um, representatives right now, or even House representatives. Okay. So there is going to be some domino, domino affecting because of those vacancies. Right, 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 right. So, um, brother, you have a long history of being a union activist. How will you utilize that knowledge to engage more union workers slash members to get involved in politics? Well, there's a. I'm not quite sure who came up with it, but it's a it's a great antidote. That uh, if you're not at the at the table talking about it, then you're going to be probably on the menu of the table. So you don't want to be part of that. You want to rather be the one sitting down talking about what's on the menu, uh -huh. as opposed to being part of the menu. Uh -huh. I think I think what we need to do as as unionists is to activate our members, encourage them to vote, but more more important than just educate them on the purpose that all things are political. Um, most of, uh, at least in my membership at AFT Oregon, were um, public employees uh, because they got, um, they're in public universities or public schools. So the public budget that the state uh, leaders talk about is very important. Mm -hmm. Your job could be on the line. Mm -hmm. How we attack our economy how we subsidize taxes, collect taxes, allocate taxes, all those are are minute to the general line, mm -hmm. but it is very specific that we understand how those revenues uh, and expenses impact our daily lives. Yeah, you've got a point there. I would like to remind our listeners that they are listening to the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists segment of Labor Radio, highlighting the works of the working class, by the working class, for the working class, here on KBOO, where the heart of the community comes alive seven days a week. Well, Brother Hami, the DPR held a 12th annual Oregon Summit in Bend, Oregon. How would you describe the objective of that event, of that summit? I think the, the objective was to get together, to get people ramped up about the uh, coming 2024 election cycle. Um, there was a Cannes Forum that happened on Sunday. There was a debate among the CD5 candidates. I think the overall weekend uh, of the functions of getting people together across the state, uh, both rural and urban, was, was great in the sense that it brought people together with the same value system mm -hmm. who are better off knowing that Oregonians when they discuss the hard topics of the kitchen table whether it's economics um, education, healthcare that we're trying to make sure that we have a better better organ going forward so if that was the goal of the weekend the DPO summit organ summit as it's called it, it, it more than met what its purpose was to engage members, to get them to start talking, and to realize the importance. And I know we hear this every two or four years, that the next election is the greatest election of our lives. And it's always gonna be true, because 
we want to ensure that we have good voices and good leadership in those elected positions. How many participants do you think attended? Oh, there is uh, probably close to 400, I, I, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. It is my understanding that the summit was broken up into workshops, speakers, panels, and journal sessions featuring local and statewide congressional leaders. Is that true? Yes, that's true. Wonderful. Uh, there were special workshops, some great speakers. Uh, we had two great speakers from um, from Minnesota. Um, one that we all enjoyed uh, was a lady, and I, I have her name, um, but she's the lieutenant governor, and I want to give her credit. So give me another minute. I didn't expect these questions, but I do have that information. So give me another 10 seconds, please. Uh, Peggy Flanagan. Okay. Peggy Flanagan is currently the host, the highest state office for a Native American. She is from the White Earth Band of Olibwa and notably holds the distinction of being the highest ranking Native woman elected to an executive office in the United States. Mm -hmm. And obviously we did hear from, and she was great as always, our DPO um, chair, uh, Dr. Rosa Coquit, who presided mm -hmm. over the weekend yes. uh, masterfully. Was there a lasting message or image did you come away with, with those great speakers? Yeah, I, I would say that, you know, the, the, the there was no formal theme uh, to this, but I would say that working together, we get it done. That seemed to be the one phrase that kept coming across throughout the speakers, uh, because also joining um, Lieutenant Governor Flanagan was um, the DNC Vice Chair, Ken Martin, also from Minnesota. We had also Senator Jeff Merkley addressed the, the crowd on Sunday morning. But that seemed to be the overall theme is that working together, we get things done. Uh, another phrase that kept coming out is that it's not easy, but the hard work pays off big dividends in the end. Mm -hmm. And we also got a, um, she addressed us on Friday evening, Governor, Governor Tina Kotek. Uh, who thanked the many um, DPR, DPO attendees for the hard work in getting herself elected and holding on to the majority. And we're only one of three states that have a, what's called a trifecta, a majority of the House, a majority in the Senate, and then a majority of the state um, office holders. So right now, station, nationwide politics and government agencies have lost public trust. Was this addressed at the summit directly or indirectly during the Oregon summit? Well, I, I can only say what, what my views are and the party's view, um, Andre, but uh, there was a sense that there's a lot of talk about what's going on in, in the White House right now and and the Republican failure to, to select a House speaker. Hmm. And that is just a, shows a lot of distrust when they try to well, they dominated and tried to get a a House speaker who was a denier of the 2020 election. 16 years of beating the House of Representatives has no has never submitted any legislation on his own on his own part. Uh, it shows a lot of distrust to the average voter that why should I get involved with politics? And again, this is where we have to come back and educate and say, 
you get involved because you want to make sure you have the right leaders there. Mm -hmm. Leaders who are, are who can hold themselves accountable. Yes. Who do the work, the hard work. Yes, you're right. I understand the Rules Committee of the DPO has made some adjustments to allow more input from registered voters that may have an overhaul effect on this trending view here in Oregon. Would there be enough time for the DPO between now and the general election to get voters engaged to get out to vote? I think it's a, it's a, we're getting there. Okay. It's an ongoing, it's an ongoing process because, you know, we have, we have um, the new automated um, voter registration at the DMV, but you get automatically registered as a non-affiliate or an independent. So we need to reach out to those individuals to ensure them the Democratic Party is their choice for a uh, political party. Mm -hmm. We need to continue educating 18-year-olds who, you know, by the hundreds are, are earning the right to vote by turning 18 every day here in the state of Oregon. We have many people who come into, the, who migrate into the state of Oregon from California, Texas, across the country, come to Oregon. We have to educate those individuals on how Oregon voting process works. Mm -hmm. So it's an ongoing educational, and, and that's what I like about um, part of Democrats, it's, it's educating. Mm -hmm. I just have one more question before we end this interview. How can Oregon residents provide input to the DPO on matters that affect them the most? How can we communicate that? I think you need to start off at the local level. Attend a county party, meaning by the structure of the DPO, a, a county party, whether you're in Marion, Multnomah, Washington, Clackamas, Clapstop, you name it, there is a county meeting happening every month. Okay. And I would start there, your voice is heard there. The resolutions that are passed at the at the state level mostly come from county levels. Uh, in, in August, we had a platform commission, and I don't know if you guys have had Miles Henderson in, but you guys should. Uh, Miles is a young man who, who chairs the platform commission. And with, with the platform commission, we were able to downsize collectively through our minds and our thoughts, our discussions, some priorities that we are going to pass on to the legislation for February and ongoing to the 2025 session. Thank you once again, Brother Jaime, for an inside look inside the Democratic Party of Oregon. We, we look forward to inviting you back again during the 2024 general election year for an update of your progress. We'd like to publicly thank Brother Promise King for the invitation to the annual League of Minority Voters dinner held on November 2nd, 2023. Thanks again, Brother Rodriguez. Thank you very much for being with us on this interview and we certainly look forward to speaking with you again. We know that you're super busy, but we will catch you at another time. The Coalition of Black Trade Unionists meets the second Tuesday of every month at 6 o'clock p.m. We have suspended our face-to-face -face meetings and are utilizing Google Meets to conduct our monthly meetings. Our next meeting will be held November 14th, 2023. Our current email address is orcbtu10, and that's the number 10, 
at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Join us in our evolving adventure of representing black union workers. And have a, an especially blessed Thanksgiving with your family and loved ones. Holla! Democracy Now! You're listening to KBOO 90.7 FM.